Oh wait, hold on. Do you hear my fan actually? Let me turn off my fan. Sorry. So for better or for worse, I think a lot of us have been working from home, uh, especially if you are a designer. <laughs> You've probably been working from home since March. Or earlier. Yeah. Do you, you want to try <laughs> to like do this? I don't want to be like okay. the only one doing the, the talking in this yeah. part. I knew there was a code or cold open that was going to happen. I didn't realize that you were jumping into it right after it turned off my fan. I, oh. thought, <laughs> I, I thought you'd be like, okay and then like go into it but i was like oh i think he's he's going straight into it and i was like okay <laughs> never mind um but yeah like working from home some of us have been doing it forever i think also just like a lot of folks have been working from home during school or like with their internships for side jobs that they've been on but they don't really count it as working from home because they don't feel mm. like it's working yeah and i mean especially now with COVID 19 with the pandemic and semi-lockdown, stay-at-home orders, all that stuff. It's been a learning process for everybody almost all at once to mm -hmm. try to figure out how do you do this? Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of us haven't done work from home or been at home primarily since college, mm -hmm. which you know is at a varying time for different people. But I think a lot of the, the work from home conversation is talking about how to work smarter and how to do more and how to be more productive mm -hmm. but there's also the element of i just want to feel good yeah. i want to be home and i want to feel better about yeah. being at home oh, yeah like my sister and my cousin it's their first time working from home and one of the issues they first had was they couldn't fall asleep. like they were staying up till like 2 or 3 a.m because they couldn't fall asleep and what they didn't realize was when they don't work from home, the time to commute, the time to get ready, the time that you're talking on the phone anywhere, it exerts a certain amount of energy that you're used to. So when you're at home, you're not exerting that same amount of energy. So you're you're left with all this extra energy you have and you're not ready to fall asleep. So the first few weeks when they were working from home, they couldn't fall asleep on time. They couldn't wake up on time. And then their knees were achy because they're not used to sitting all day in one spot. They're used to getting in a car, driving somewhere, getting out of the car, grabbing coffee, and then like walking to their final work destination. So what we're gonna be going over for this episode is what it's been like working at home and just setting working boundaries in general. Hey everybody, I'm Calvin. And I'm Jean. And this is 27, a podcast about growing up. When did you start working from home, Jean? I, I've been working from home on and off starting in 2017 i think and though the studio that i was at before started doing a transition where because i had worked so far they mm -hmm. my boss then was very kind to let me one go in a little bit later you know that's always nice uh mm -hmm. and then to pick a few days to be able to work from home and so then i've been i was having this like on off schedule working from home and commuting at the same time and then in 2018 was when I quit and was like, I'm a full, like be full in studio DBJ. But for, at first it was like designed by Gene, freelancing and working from home since 2018 and then going into 2020. And I mm. don't think it was until 2019 when I felt like I finally mastered working from home. I had a similar, okay. So I worked in an office after I graduated school 
But honestly, I would consider the way that I did my undergrad and my graduate degree as kind of working from home. I was never the kind of person who liked working in the library because to me, a library is, uh, at least in, in university, right, is a really stressful space. It's whenever, whenever I went into the library, I felt stressed out because I would see tons of people just crowded around trying to study together and trying to get ready for a big test. And I, I can't deal with that kind of energy. I like to just be chill and I like mm -hmm. my studying to happen in a relaxed environment. So usually I would just, you know, do homework and stuff at home. And that was kind of my work from home experience. I never, ever figured out how to do it well because I always got lazy. I always <laughs> took naps. I had trouble focusing. I was always on YouTube or just doing something else that I wasn't supposed to. So. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, I did accomplish my goal of being much more relaxed, but probably to like the detriment of some of my study habits. And then I started to work from home after I left my engineering job and started working with Jean. So that was late 2019. Mm -hmm. So you live at home with your family, right? Yeah. You live in like a house house and you mm -hmm. have a home office that is essentially a spare room that you've mm -hmm. turned <laughs> that slowly of, became yeah. your office office. Yeah. Get first. I was like, this is a home. Why would there be an off? Like, why would there be like such a designy office in a home? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Like, this is my home. This is my office. This is our company. Like, it should represent the way we want people to see us and how we see ourselves. And then I was like, you know what? Go, like, do it. IKEA shelves, yeah. 60 bucks. We could do that, you know? So for me, I live in a smallish apartment, like 550, 600 square feet. And that has kind of been the struggle for me. In comparison to Jean, I would probably be in my like early 2019 phase of like trying to figure out how working from home works. Mm -hmm. So I live in a one bedroom mm -hmm. apartment and I work mostly from my desk, though that has changed within the year. I used to move around a lot. So I would move from my bedroom desk to the kitchen counter to the living room couch back around and I do that in a circle pretty much throughout the day. And now I'm starting to like anchor myself a little bit more towards this bedroom desk, though I do still move into the living room every once in a while. For the most part, this is my work from home setup. It's been tough to really like get super comfortable because I am in a rental. Mm -hmm. So part of me wonders like when I move, like I don't want it to be inconvenient to move. Uh, and I don't want it to be too difficult to like start to have to uproot. But slowly I'm learning that the more I like lay down the roots and the more I really get comfortable, the more I can get done and the better I feel doing the things that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, really true. Because I, I hear from other podcasts or from other uh, folks who just graduated college when they get into their apartment or get into a place that they're living in, they don't want to lay down too many things because it's going to be a hassle to move it. Uh, mm -hmm. But sometimes it's just, you know, laying down the core of those things and like what is really going to make you excited and when you move you're like i can i can start over again or like i'll just transition this somewhere else do you want to talk about previous workspaces that we've had in the past i was like yeah because i feel like i've had very interesting workplaces so mm -hmm. my very first official job and that workplace was working for my brother and dad at an auto shop and how like you know diy the office was um it was just how do you make a small space work and then 
team flow and all that stuff, you know, being at 16, not really understanding the importance of all that, but it was like, okay, there is this weird hierarchy position that has to happen in an office that works well. I'm like, where are things positioned? And not in terms of like boss and like, like worker type of thing or employee. It's like, where are things positioned that make the most sense? So that was one. And then going into college, the next workspace was a museum, which is a lab and how like that's an open floor plan. And basically from that workspace learned how not everything needs to be used the way it's meant to be used. So, mm-hmm. you know, just because it's a kitchen counter doesn't mean you can't use it as a desk table. So that was an exciting four years of my life of picking insects out and working in the lab, but then reusing all the stuff there in a way that works best. And then going into this, and this is kind of like the important part of going into the studios that I started working at, there was a difference between shared tables, open cubicles, and then like personal desk corners. And out of all those studio spaces I worked at, I realized that chairs are very important to me. Whether it's like the shared space or the corner table type of situation, I realized I the one studio I did work at that chairs kind of signified people's positioning in the company was like if you weren't a set worker there or like a set employee you got this weird plastic chair to sit on and I don't think they thought anything of it I don't think they thought anything of it at all they're like oh this probably aesthetically looks pleasing you know it's Mm -hmm. one of those like bubble chairs but it was Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable to sit on especially to sit on there for eight hours a day while you're working and then you're Uh, senior designers, art directors, and like design director has this comfy black exec chair to sit on. And you're like, but I'm sitting on this plastic chair. Yeah, cushy leather versus like a like a injection mold plastic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's super different. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, you know what, this really matters to me. And uh, the second this was the second studio I worked at. The first one I worked at was a open cubicle one and I, they had a nice chair for me. So I didn't realize that was important. So when I went to the second or the third studio here and when I first walked in and I was like, do I get a, the question I asked was like, do I get a sit in that chair? They're like, yes. And I'm like, I hired, I want to work here because <laughs> you're going to let me sit in that chair. And I realized it's really important for me to sit in a chair that feels comfortable but also isn't this weird hierarchy situation that you guys are doing I started to understand what's important to me and how I want to position things in an office and position things from how I work home and or work from home and then you know work with whatever small to large space that I have Uh, I don't have many like notable things to mention at least in terms of like the physical spaces that I worked in I tend to work in really like open concept like work situations (laughs) when it came to being at the design studio at UCSD um, where I worked for the student government we all worked in one room essentially there Mm -hmm. were like five computers arranged into one room and we would all like sit either shoulder to shoulder or like facing each other it was crazy Mm -hmm. Um, but like we were all really close and that was an environment where I felt really comfortable and really friendly with all the people that I worked around like I, I, I would actually openly welcome being like hey everybody like what do you all think of these concepts mm-hmm. or like I, I was it was a very open and free-flowing space for ideas that super changed when I entered engineering where I still kind of had a similar office situation and the first engineering office that I worked in I shared a, a two-computer cubicle with um, my okay. other like coworker, 
uh, which was fine. Like we were very friendly. My director would work in his own sectioned office. So it, it was, there was kind of that separation there, but I appreciated like the camaraderie I had between me and my, my cube mate, because we would often be confused together and always be asking each other questions. Once I moved into my second office job, it was sort of a similar situation to when I was at uh, UCSD, where we were all in like one room with the computers sort of facing each other or facing away from each other uh, in one single line along one wall. So in that situation, mostly through completely self-generated anxiety, I felt like I was in a fishbowl. I felt mm -hmm. like ma under the magnifying glass, like really, uh, I, I didn't feel comfortable being on the phone mm -hmm. or like looking not busy. It, it just, yeah. I felt like this internal pressure to be busy, to be productive and to look that way as well. Mm -hmm. So. I started to realize that for me, at least, maybe it's not necessarily the space that is important, but it is the environment and the like feeling that I get, whether it's internal or external, being in the space. Mm -hmm. And being in that space, I just like kind of spiraled a lot, which wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah. But I guess one, I want to say one benefit to the office that I worked in in that time was I was able to just like go on a walk. I was able, and that's mm -hmm. something that's really important for me is like a flexibility of movement mm -hmm. to be able to just like, you know what, I'm gonna take a five minute walk either up and down the stairs or like around the block. Mm -hmm. And that's really important for me to like level out and sort of establish these like light boundaries between I can work and then I can be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. All of which has been completely changed now that we work from home. <laughs> so I guess that kind of leads into like what is it about workspaces and boundaries in general that are important? You've been hearing me talk a lot about the, but I don't talk about it as much anymore, the Creative Rebellion book. Mm. And there's this one section in there that the author talks about ritual and establishing a ritual. And I think in a way that that kind of establishes your boundaries on how do you get excited to work from home? And then also what makes you happy about working from home and then establishing that ritual or that ceremony of honoring the place that you work at, you know, and that's mm -hmm. something as like pushing the chair in every time you leave or like setting up your workspace the way you want it to. And especially when people are like, how do you separate work and home now? Because there's really no boundary there. And a lot of it is just now your mental boundary on how do you separate that because you don't have the physical transition of getting in a car, driving and going out from coffee. There was one day I was like, I am tired. What is it that I really need? And I was like, I mm -hmm. just want to have a morning where like I can get coffee and spend time to talk with family because family is also very important to me. So, you know, being able to have that ceremony on like human greeting or slowing down and like appreciating the moment and then getting into work because then once I'm in work, I like never leave. Mm -hmm. yeah. To me, the important thing about boundaries is like being able to preserve energy, not even from like a woo perspective of like, oh, don't let negative energy into your life. It's just about being able to have the energy to do anything at all mm -hmm. or because we live in a, um, I don't want to say it like that. That sounds really cheesy. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Be all cheese. We live, Be all cheese. <laughs> we, live in, we live in a society, y'all. Um, no, it's just this idea that we work a lot, mm -hmm. right? Like, in my opinion, more than we should. Yeah, yeah for real. It's so insane. And mm -hmm. there's this weird expectation that you need to be on the clock and you have to do a lot of work. And right. the final question is like, for what? Right. And, and like, you can't wring every minute out of the wet towel of the day. Mm -hmm. it, like, there is a point where you just need to accept that there is 
only so much that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said it was a mantra of mine when I was working in an office, which is like the only thing that you can give is your best, and like to give more would be taking like you're stealing time from your future self. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. boundaries, what make them important is you're trying to stop yourself <laughs> from stealing time from your future self. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle a lot with anxiety, and one of the things that I was doing uh, while I was working, most like partially because. I have anxiety, and partially because I felt like the place that I was working in was exacerbating some of those elements of my life. I would tell myself, "I just need to do this so I can get past today." I, I would, I, I was going to therapy. I was yeah. like having mental breakdowns during mm-hmm. work. I like needed to leave work for like mm-hmm. twenty minutes sometimes mm-hmm. just to like calm down. You're really stealing time from yourself yeah. if you're not honoring your own boundaries and your own mm-hmm. needs. Diving deeper into it, like as I was driving to work for. That many like the years that I was driving, I was crying like back and forth all the time because how tired I was, how I like felt like I couldn't live up to how much work that needed to be done. But also the I wasn't happy with the quality of work I was doing. You know,、uh-huh. I didn't feel like all the energy I was exerting into it was fulfilling to my future self. You know, you're like. It wasn't even worth it crying for how many hours and you know staying up for how many hours because、mm-hmm. it didn't get you to where you wanted to be. But if you had just taken the time to you know set on like this, and the boundary doesn't have to be like set in stone, it could be flexible. But like kind of what are your guards? And、mm-hmm. if if you know past Jean had just taken the time to set up what were her guards for these areas. Then you know, present me could definitely be in a different spot now, but also could feel more accomplished or could feel happier with the things that she's working through now. You know, it's just like a lot of deep digging there, but it's definitely a lot of conversation between past and present reflection and how does your current self take care of your future self. There's these two conflicting things that people are going through, which is like wanting to hold things off to the last minute and realizing that things take time, and. When you are used to the idea that you wake up, you get ready, you take a shower, you sit in your car for an hour,、mm-hmm. and then you get down, you sit in your meeting, as opposed to you roll out of bed in your sweatpants and then you hop onto the Zoom call, it's you're doing the same thing, but you're not giving yourself the same amount of time、mm-hmm. leading up that、mm-hmm. you used to before.、Mm-hmm. You get an extra layer of like difficulty when you're working for yourself too, because. When you work for like a supervisor, a director, or a boss, CEO, they're setting the like minimum,、mm-hmm. and then you're setting the maximum, right? Like、yeah. I'm not going to do more than this work, and they're like, well, you have to do more than this work, and you have this bounds to work through where your employer is giving you fifty percent, and you're giving fifty percent of like. Where are you gonna be working? Like,、mm-hmm. what's the happy spot? Yeah. When you work for yourself, you have to set both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's easy to say like, I'm not going to work on weekends.、Mm-hmm. That's pretty easy to do. But to be your own boss and say like, well, you have to get this done. <laughs> it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's.、Uh, I think that even if you're working under an employer, work from home. Like you still have to set those internal boundaries because you don't have the external pressure of like being seen、mm-hmm. or like being directly visually supervised anymore. That、mm-hmm. like there is still an element of for everybody working from home that you need to set these two boundaries for yourself.、Mm-hmm. Like I need to do at least this much, but I shouldn't be doing more than this much.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I、yeah. I think I can speak for Jean and I as like children of immigrant Asian people. When you're when we were growing up. 
A's were the only right, yeah. acceptable sort of situation. <laughs> and then you kind of get into this like workspace and then it's like, it kind of has more of this like C's get degrees kind mm -hmm, of vibe. Yeah. And then it's on the both of us to try to like get a B <laughs> when we're doing the work that we're doing. And it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to get the A. Yeah. You don't have to get the A plus. Mm -hmm. And, but like coasting on a C doesn't feel right because of like our internal sort of yeah. <laughs> morals and um, ideas on what we want to do. Mm -hmm. So we were we're both aiming for that B. A B plus isn't bad, but right. you know, like yeah, I like as you speak about school grades. I remember we were in the same uh, calc class, I think. Calc I th B. Yeah, one one some math class. Yeah, and I remember I remember like you got an A on the test and I got a D. But I remember also being like. You know it's not that bad and but i forgot that feeling as i got older on like not doing the maximum is not that bad it doesn't mean that like you're not trying hard either but i think it goes mm -hmm. back to again about like you're preserving your energy for the future and also taking care of your energy for the for your future self when you work from home you have this feeling that you have unlimited time but you don't, mm -hmm. right? Where when you go to work, you have a set nine to five and you're like five o'clock, like 4.59, I'm a, I'm a clock out and go get myself a margarita. Um, mm -hmm. But then when you're at home, you're like, there's no official clock out and I'm just gonna keep on working. And you know, if I am going to do the minimum today, kind of like, why am I doing the minimum? And also like, what is that goal again for the minimum? And then if you're like, I'm gonna go hard today, why are you going hard? Mm -hmm. And I feel like other folks say this as well, where you realize when you're working at something for like three hours, maybe you just need to stop because it's getting you nowhere, but there's no one to like tap you on the shoulder to be like, hey, it's time for you to clock out now. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm feeling like I'm losing my point about this, but- No, no, I fully, I, I get it. it Cause, and I, I think maybe one clarification I'd want to put on that is it's more for people who are working for themselves and mm -hmm. less people who are working from home. Mm -hmm. Cause I think even when you're working from home at an office job, you can still see the clock and be like, okay, it's six. Yeah. I'm not, you know, like yeah. the, the man isn't paying for me anymore. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to stop. Yeah. But when it comes to like, when you're securing your own bag and you're like, I could keep doing this and I think that I could do better and that like that subtle push that like one day you'll finish working at like 6 30 mm -hmm. and then you're like oh well I could spend another 15 minutes like mm -hmm. making sure that these emails go out or something mm -hmm. and then it comes another 15 minutes and that's another 15 minutes yeah. and then because your own time can feel so flexible mm -hmm. uh it it just kind of can get away from you and then you end up like Jean uh working until 3 a.m <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um and it's a struggle to find the the line. Uh, I, I've talked to Jean and we've talked to some people that we work with about like the difference between a hard line and a soft line. Um, the hard line is more of an idea and the soft line is more of a like a, a concrete thing where um, the hard line is I don't want my work to get in the way of the time of my family. And then the soft line is like, that means I don't want to work past seven. Mm -hmm. If you're working at 715, that's a soft, like, mm -hmm. it's whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, 15 minutes less with your family is not a big deal, mm -hmm. unless it's a birthday party or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're trying not to cross that hard line of like, I want to make sure that I still spend time with my family. But this soft line can move 
but once the soft line moves into the hard line yeah. then you're like like yeah. that's when you got to worry about mm-hmm. it like they don't teach you these things in school but you also don't realize in school or in work or in anything that they set these boundaries for you so you never really have to think about it you're like i hear a bell i see the clock i have a an assignment to turn in and so you're like these are all my boundaries that have been set for me and then when you're kind of drop into work from home now you're like i am in a room and that is mm-hmm. it you know and you're like i'm gonna download all these apps i'm gonna set all these alarms but then at the end of the day it's up to you to uphold those boundaries also which is not easy um mm-hmm. and i guess even going more about the whole timing situation where what I feel like a lot of folks, especially in institutions, don't tell you about with the way they set schedules for school or the way they set scheduling for people, like people's day and all that stuff is how much it plays into energy, like peak and low energies. And, you know, while working from home, you have to find what are your peak hours that you can do the most work and what are your dead hours that you're like, I can't get any work done. And for me, I know my dead hour is like two to three. Like that's a terrible time for me to do any creative work, any emailing work, because I'm just going to be very slow. And so between the hours of two to three, it's like I will either do idle work or I'm like, I'm not going to do work because it's such a waste of time to sit there and pretend to work, you know, for myself. But also Mm -hmm. like I'm exerting energy there that doesn't need to be exerted. You know, I can take a rest during the middle of the day and then come back and work at 3.30 or like four o'clock when I know I'm going to be the most excited again or most happy to work because I have more energy and I'm going to get it done a lot faster. And then like my next dead period is between seven to nine. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to play with baby Mila during that time. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I'm going to leave the office and everything and like go and play with the baby. But you know, it's not a nine to five, but there are those time sets where I'm like, okay, I can work during this time if I want to if I need to and then also these are the times I don't work because I know why and just really I you know it leans away from the nine to five because it doesn't really work and then also it's more flexible to why you work from home because there's so many things that you need to do in a day that's not work related and then Mm -hmm. when you're not working from or when you work from home you start to realize like how am I supposed to if I never worked from home how was I supposed to get all these things done like all on the weekend which is like then you don't really have a weekend to yourself because you're now working for yourself to get things done so that you can go to work during the day at someone else's place. You're just like, it doesn't work, you know? So the benefits of working at home is understanding yourself more and understanding your energy and your time and your boundaries. And the best thing about it is that like, it reflects more than just your work life later on. It just really reflects the way you appreciate life in general. I guess I want to ask you, um, and you've mentioned a couple of them before, but I want to ask you directly, what are some of your hard limits and like what are some of your hard like lines that you don't want to cross? Mm -hmm. I don't want work to get in the way of things that can't be repeated, you know, Mm. and and especially when it cues into kids and children, that is a time you will never get back. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so when I think about sometimes when I see there's a meeting that's going to happen at a certain time or on a certain day, I'm like, we're not, I'm not doing that because I'm never going to be able to go to my two-year-old niece's birthday ever again. Another thing would be whatever I'm doing, is it taking away the quality of my relationships with people? Because 
when I was working in an office or in a studio or in any company beforehand, I was so focused on trying to make my portfolio hot shit when it was not hot shit in the end, you know? Mm. Um, but I was so focused on that that it got in the way of me being able to connect with people and also in the way of me being able to have a quality relationship with people. Like I was having very much surface relationships with people because my friends or my colleagues knew how much I worked and also how much time I like focus on design and art that they mm. actually would not disturb me. Like they would not text <laughs> me because they knew I would be working. Um, right. And it kind of became routine that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't get invited to things because they knew I would be working unless I would ask them like, are we doing anything this weekend? And then they would invite me to it. I think the last one would be if work gets in the way of improving myself, I don't want that line to be moved either because you had asked me like, we were in the car getting Starbucks or something. And I think where I was like fitting in with myself between like middle, high school and college and up to work and how the me now, I'm very happy with the me now because I mm -hmm. know myself so much more. And also I, I identify much strongly with, with myself, which is really very much, like the 12 year old Jean before she really stepped into middle school and I wasn't able to focus on that 12 year old girl because I was so into being into work and like uh -huh. in the wrong way that I am in now like the the 27 year old Jean now with her work that she's doing is making 12 year old Jean so stoked that like all this work looks really good it's really fun and like it's true to what she believed in back then, which is just like make a ton of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And the work that I was doing beforehand was like trying to meet a client goal that wasn't even my client. It was my company's client, you know, and trying to produce all these things that would make a portfolio great, but not a portfolio true. 12 year old Jean is very happy because all the things that we're doing in work is improving herself as a person versus when she was in an office, all the things that she was doing was trying to fit into the studio or fit into the office or like play a part that in the end, when that moment is gone, you don't recognize that person anymore because mm -hmm. they were never part of you to begin with. So like when work starts to dictate how you should navigate yourself and navigate your life, I think that's a hard line that can't be crossed. I, I like 100% agree with you on that. I think that's at, at the moment, that's like the main line that I can think of mm -hmm. for me, which is that I don't want a, I don't want like something that I feel like I have to do or like job responsibilities to get in the way of my, like you said, my, your growth and development as a person. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was a lot of times, um, even, even before, like pretty much any job that I've ever worked where I kind of did let things pass that, um, you know, I would stay late or I would, mm -hmm. you know, do, <laughs> I would do extra work for no reason. <laughs> um, all just to like, feel like I was, like you said, fitting, fitting this idea of what a person working this job should do mm -hmm. or what I thought that I needed to be as a person more broadly. Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is a completely self-imposed thing too. Like nobody ever told me you need to do X, Y, Z to be like a successful person. Mm -hmm. But I did internalize all these things subconsciously that were like either told me directly or indirectly that I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And th I think there's a point 
at least for me, and I don't know if you had this too, where you realize that the person you're trying to impress doesn't exist. Yeah. And oh, that the 100. only person that exists is who is you. Oh yeah, one hundred, one hundred about that. Where you're like, you, and you never really get to think about it when you're not working for yourself, you know. And especially mm. when you're not working at home at first, because you don't have that quiet time to to do it. When you're in an office, it's, what do you want for lunch? Uh, where are we gonna go? Who's driving this car? What are you doing after work? And mm. and then also let's do our work. And you never really get to think about. Who am I? Who am I really working for? And this also goes back to our last conversation about, you know, you can see a future for this company or this place that you're working for, but you don't see your future because you never focused、mm-hmm. on your future. And to a certain extent, like when you're working in an office, and you have this like shadowy figure being like, you're doing the thing wrong. You can just be like, oh, that's my boss, which、mm-hmm. is why I think so many people just like inherently hate their bosses because、yeah. like, oh. They're the ones telling me what to do, and sometimes it's you.、Yeah. Sometimes you're the one telling、oh, yeah. yourself to stay late because you're afraid of your boss. But like, maybe maybe it's you.、Mm-hmm. Have you t- tell Have you told your boss? That's another thing about setting boundaries. Is like, if you have a clear boundary within yourself, and you make that boundary clear to your employer or to the person who's supervising you, maybe like maybe that's something that'll help you either like understand what. They need,、mm-hmm. and also understand like, is this the place that really fits you? Yeah. Because if you understand your boundaries and you like, it, you know for yourself, like, I don't want to miss, you know, child child's birthday party,、mm-hmm. and then you go to your boss and you're like, hey, just letting you know, like, I I love working here and I really enjoy the work that I do, but I don't want it to get in the way of all these other things. That's totally reasonable to say to a person,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But for some reason, for so many of us, it doesn't feel reasonable. It's、yeah. like, oh, like I would feel so entitled and、yeah. indignant to be like, this is the thing that I want and that I need. There, there's a joke that I, I heard like a drag queen tell, which is like, you can't, you can't go to McDonald's and then expect them to know you want chicken nuggets when you didn't tell them you wanted chicken <laughs>、yeah. nuggets, right? Like you have to say that you want chicken nuggets. So like, how are you gonna expect that your boss is gonna give you time off for the holidays if you didn't? Ask for、yeah. time off in the holidays. Like, like、uh, there's an extent to like, you know, there's there's an expectation, but there's also like you can you can ask if it's something、yeah. that you need and you want. Yeah, I find that so funny that you're like, it's a drag queen <laughs> that told this joke. It's about McDonald's <laughs> and it's about chicken nuggets. So I was, I was like, where are you? Where are you? It's really important to me.、Queen? Oh yeah, it's chicken nuggets. It's important to okay. Me.、Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I was also gonna say where having those types of conversations also. They're presented very unnaturally in a lot of these instances, especially in workshops or in like Instagram memes or any like suggestion, I guess, forum where they're like, "This is a conversation you have to have with your boss," which is my boundaries are, and you're like, "No, no, you don't need to have that kind of conversation with your boss. You just need to." It's so casual. It's like, "Hey, by the way, this is coming up. It's important to me." Right. I don't, you know, I I really don't want to work late. Is that possible? And then when they answer、right. yes or no, because you ask, that's when you know is this the right place for me to work at. But if you, especially if you position yourself in the like, these are my boundaries. Don't text me after six. You're like, okay, that feels a little entitled because、mm-hmm. why is it after six? You know, like、mm-hmm. what is the core reasoning behind it? And most people just want to know. 
like how they can connect with you and how they can understand you versus like what are the rules to be your friend. Uh, and and mini tip, this is not super related to boundaries. It's just like if you're gonna do this, don't pre-negotiate. <laughs> like don't say I I don't think I can make it, but I can do that. Like don't no, just stop. Say say the thing. And then negotiate afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's real. It's it's better for you in oh, the long haul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Calvin, like, what are some of the boundaries that you set for yourself? I think the biggest one that I'm starting to honor a lot more is bedtimes. Um, and like, I used to sleep maybe like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. sometimes, and doing nothing, nothing in particular. I wasn't hard at work or do it i was just you know in the youtube autoplay like tornado and something that's been really helpful for me at least recently has been really consistently falling asleep between 11 30 p.m and 1 a.m and really not deviating too far away from that uh, it means that i can consistently wake up at like eight or nine it means that i don't have to be in like a weird frenzy when i'm waking up and that i actually feel rested when i get up that's huge um Working hours is something that I'm still kind of working out. I know there's like a dip in my productivity in the middle of the day that I'm trying to like be more conscious of, trying to figure out how to kind of work around that. But I think the the other big thing apart from bedtimes is like where I'm working is that I, even though I have like two or three hotspots where I work, I keep at those two or three hotspots. I'm never, I don't know, I'm never like horizontal on the bed working. I don't know, I, I try to keep it to the desk mm -hmm. is the main thing mm -hmm. and i don't check emails after uh, at night like mm -hmm. that's just no no emails at night and then i, I might check it once each day of the weekend because it's like there's no email over the weekend that's super super important from anyone mm -hmm. like if it's anything really urgent they will call you, you right know? yeah or or text um mm -hmm. what about you though what are um, your what are your boundaries my boundaries are because my phone is all work and barely any fun, uh, mm -hmm. I've been trying to keep that boundary real where if I am texting you like for funsies, I'm not going to text you on the computer. I'm going to text you through my phone. Mm -hmm. And then like if it's something work related, like an email, like I'm not going to email through the phone unless I really need to. Because even for me, Instagram isn't all fun. Instagram is all kind of work for me where it's like self-promotion, studio promotion and like finding talent, finding ideas. So it's not really like a fun thing for me to do either. The different touch points in the phone where it's like through texting, through line or like any. And I don't really have that many apps on my phone either. Mm -hmm. I was like, I it's going to it's going to try to stick it or stay as fun as possible because that's my point of it. Like our mm -hmm. my phone number is a business phone number you know like there's not much right. fun really associated with it so how do i keep things just fun for the phone and how do i keep things business off of the phone unless it really needs to be businessy mm -hmm. and so like i'll check emails in the morning but then i won't respond through emails on the phone unless it's like a client from new york and it's like okay we that one does need to get out before nine at first i didn't work in my bed now I've like deviated a little bit because I sit here for a very long time. Um, and at least like the work in bed part is more like, oh, if I have to write something, I'm going to sit on my laptop in bed and, and write it. Mm. But that's probably the most like I won't do intensive design work in my bed, like intensive design work. It will be here. Yeah, it's hard when if you're on your, your, on elbows. your elbows <laughs> you, <laughs> to move the mouse enough to do design work. Yeah, This is separate from boundaries. But it is still kind of related to working from home and sort of general like being self-employed. Yeah. What are you doing to stay motivated and engaged with your work? Mm -hmm. 
well, one is it goes into the mission and kind of dream that we had about Studio DBJ really being formed into a collective. And like, FYI, your girl loves Jay Park. She loves Jay Park and like she wants to be Jay Park and like DBJ to be like higher music in AOMG. But really for us to like, the, I feel motivated to do the work that we do now and keep doing it because it's towards this goal that other people will be happy and be able to do what they want to do. And mm-hmm. we're shaping ourselves to be that kind of platform. And so the the work that we make, very happy with the quality of it and know that it's not just there to live to get more work, but it's there to excite other people to be able to be happier in their lives that they're currently living. Yeah, for me, it's much more internal. I think a lot of I, I, maybe what you'll find with some of the things I'll talk about in the future is like I'm egocentric, not egocentric as in like, oh, I'm the best, even though I am. Uh, <laughs> you are. You are. You're, I tell you um, every day you're the best. <laughs> Um, it's it's more like I like to set my goals and I like to be motivated by things that I'm excited about. What's motivating me on a broader sense is that working with you and working at Studio DBJ has been a way for me to live a life that I feel much more comfortable and much more like happy with, mm-hmm. um, where the energy that I input is also what I get back out. Mm-hmm. And that like you're a person who listens to me and is like looking out for me. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a more like day to day, like task by task level, I think the thing that keeps me the most motivated and engaged is keeping my ability to do things more flexible. Um, I had given this advice to somebody else pretty recently, but just this idea that like, if I'm having a day where I, I, every day I wanna be productive to some extent, but if one day it feels more like I wanna be research productive and I feel much more inclined to research than doing design or doing like outreach, then I'll do research. And I have like a list of things that I could be doing that involve research. And then if I wake up another day and I feel much more into like social media outreach or events like that, then I will, I have a list of things that I can do like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, obviously there are deadlines that need to get met. So if there's a deliverable that we need to send tomorrow, like I'll work on that mm-hmm. and I'll have to just suck it up and do it. And that's, that's the deadline that's motivating me. But otherwise the thing that motivates me is like finding the things that match the energy that I have in the moment mm-hmm. And then going with that, as opposed to forcing myself into being like, well, you have to do the, mm-hmm. you have to do the design now, or you have to write the emails. I just like, I don't want to write emails. I don't want to do meetings. Yeah. So I'm just going to like focus on doing some other stuff that is still productive and still really helpful, mm-hmm. but not outside of the reach of things that I feel comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The theme that we're getting across is like Studio DBJ is all about energy. Um, oh, fully. Yeah. But you know, it's. Because you kind of realize where it's like, who am I working for? Which at the end of the day, it's like you're working for your your future self, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because that's going to be the person who's living the life is your future self. It's not your boss or the company. It's you. And then sometimes not, you know, not everything is not everything has to happen all at once where you're like, if I'm not if I don't feel like working on this thing today, I don't have to work on it because no one is going to like die not getting this email yeah. you know if the world's not going to fall apart if you don't do it you can work on something else yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's i guess it sounds like i don't know it, I, I guess it's kind of counterculture yeah in a way because it's against this culture of like well you have to hustle and you have to yeah. do the thing uh-huh. but it's like if you can't do the thing, thing. and nobody's gonna get hurt yeah like just chill out for tomorrow yeah. and you're like that's if why it- there are emails like that's why you send an email and say hey 
we need more time you know like yeah. sorry we need more time we're it's not gonna it's not at the quality we want to deliver today but it'll be much better tomorrow you know right right Cl- if clients are listening we do hustle for yeah. a launch and we do hustle for like a final deliverable yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but we also focus on doing good work yeah. so if it's not good work we don't want to we don't want to push it we know getting that extra time is going to give them a much better footing on where their brand is going to be and especially like potentially even with like one of the clients we're working with right now where we might not even need another round of refinement because it's so uh, sorry like he's <laughs> selling myself right now say but, it. but say like it. it's say it. it's so good like it's so good right now we we might not even need to refine it because we're like you know what we need a little bit extra moment to go through your materials that we source for you and like and like build a story around your brand and actually it's intensely great and i was like we might not need to go the full like four weeks that we had initially bid for your project, we might be able to finish it in two weeks now because we know it's it's pretty spot on. Well, thank you everybody yeah. for joining us on this winding road through working boundaries and working from home, mm-hmm. uh, being self-employed and what that's kind of been like for us, at least on a on a boundaries level. Yeah. And uh, there's much more to talk about <laughs> from like yeah. a, a mental health level too mm-hmm. uh, and all these other things, but uh, share us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. We have another prompt for you. If you listen to the first trailer, there was a prompt there. Uh, <laughs> but this prompt is for you to go in your room or go into something like a closet or something that you feel is important to your identity and kind of pull a Marie Kondo, but find the one thing that is really important to you. The most joy. Yeah, the most joy for you. (laughs) Look at what's super important to you, understand why, and then see how you can integrate it into your work, like your new work from home life. Sign off now. Yes, yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye, folks.